ready to begin. What year is this? The year is 2020, and this is Beyond Sin. Hey there, welcome to Beyond Synth. This is episode 200 and something. Hold on. (laughs) Whoops. Sometimes I sit and I prep for such a long time, and then once I hit record, I realize that I did not prep at all. This is episode 257. 257. And on the show today, I will be chatting with at 1980. Super talented dudes. If you pay attention to the Beyond Synth YouTube channel, you will know that I've uh, interviewed Josh Daly before because he did a tour with... FM84 and Ollie Ride, which actually came to Toronto the week before Outland. And that uh, interview is up on the Beyond Synth YouTube page. So this is not the first time I'm meeting Josh. It is the first time I'm meeting Adrian. And uh, it's a good time and a fun conversation. It's always nice to meet people who have interesting jobs. And uh, I think you will enjoy that. So look, you know what? We need some good vibes, all right? That's what today's going to be about. So I want to play this track from Ice Choir uh, from their album Designs in Rhythm. It's uh, brought to you by my new Patreon supporters this week. We've got a new member of the $5 Club, Nishta Jiva. I hope that's how you say that, Nishta Jiva. So thank you very much for your support, and uh, you're cool. And, uh, and who else? And there was another supporter in the triple six club Fran uh oh (laughs) okay F-R-A-N-C-Z is that Franz or Franks or Franks or Franz you're gonna have to let me know I've never tried to say that name before Franz Varga Franz Franks Frank Varga Franks anyways look (laughs) You send me a message, you tell me how to pronounce it, and I'll do it right, all right? That's my pledge to you, as you have pledged to me. And, uh, what? (laughs) By the way, Beyond said there's a cult. Um, look, so let's listen to this track. Uh, this is Ice Choir with Unprepared.
Ah, oh, that's a nice vibe. I like uh, nice happy music and uh, and <laughs> and ice quiet are good. Uh, and that was uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, the Kings of the Pattersons. Say their names with pride. There's Mike Shima, Chris Dance, and Robert D. Bishop, the Kings of the Pattersons. I say that because they're very generous dudes. And speaking of Mike Shima, I think today we're actually going to try and record one of those D and D episodes. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. I don't like to. Uh... <laughs> I don't like to say when we record this show. Look, I thought I would read uh, some messages here people have sent. Here's one from uh, Wes Evans. He messaged me on Facebook. He said, Hey, Andy, from a sunny, humid, stinking North Wales, I'm working my way through all the podcasts. And where I am now, you're doing a live show Thursday evening at 1 a.m. my time, 8 p.m. yours. Are you still doing these? Thanks for creating the podcast and opening my eyes to far more artists out there as well as making me piss myself laughing. You demand, man. Well, you demand, Wes. No, so right now we're not doing the live shows just because that was something I started at the beginning of the season and then uh, quickly things changed and people's schedules changed and it was hard to do a live show because I was in a small town with really bad internet and I couldn't stream and then since then I've been working on a new web series, Andy's Spaceship, which should be launching actually very, very soon and that's going to be sort of the way I, I do catch up with artists in sort of a different way. But I still plan on doing some call-in shows for uh, patrons and listeners and stuff to uh, to call in and stuff, so we might I might schedule those and, and make it known to everybody, like, hey, there's a live show coming up, and we'll do that. Uh, and then, uh, what does he do? Wes also says, sorry to bug you, one last question, did you get that Circuit and Breaker project made? Sounded cool, but Google didn't help me out. Uh, no, I did not. It's still something I want to do, believe me. I, it's just, it requires a lot of work, and I need a proper space to build the costumes and things like that. Yeah, I don't know. Look, the point is, it's still something I talk about and think about regularly, okay? At least a few times a week, there's certain tracks I listen to and music that reminds me of uh, scenes that would potentially be in Circuit and Breaker, which is like a science fiction show. So it's always on my mind. It's just, it's it's not very practical to be working on it right now. It's, it's tricky, but uh, but one of these days, I hope to do it. I really do. But well, I'll tell you what I really hope to do is to listen to awesome music, all right? So let's uh, check out this tune by Six Leaves Left from their album We Were Brave. This is actually a really great album. There's a lot of uh, cool tracks on here, and this was one I dug called, I guess it's called Little Moonsters, but it's like little and it's like monsters, but instead of an O, it's two zeros. So I'm going to say Little Moonsters because that's what it looks like to me. Uh, It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Jose Arbello, the King of Hell, and Jacob Wick with the 4488. Uh, You guys are all awesome people. And I hope you enjoy this track. This is Six Leaves Left with Little Moonsters featuring Jennifer Pegg.
And that track was called Little Moonsters, featuring Jennifer Paig uh, by Six Leaves Left. And uh, and I like, the, I like the vibe of that track. And it really does look like Little Moonsters. So if you message me and say it's actually supposed to be Monsters, then I'm going to say, take out one of those zeros. Six Leaves Left. And, uh, and that was brought to you by my awesome patrons. We've got City Hunter with the 42 and Hugh Hefner in the 2666 Club. Hugh Hefner is cool and so is City Hunter. So what else? Let's read some more uh, messages here. I got one on my Discord. You know there's a Beyond Synth Discord, did I tell you that? I think this is from uh, uh, Patterson Roman, although he has a different name on my Discord. It says... Oh, this was from uh, last week. It says, Hey, Andy, notice you posted saying you started feeling sick and next episode might be a bit late. Yeah, sometimes I post on my social media and in Discord uh, just to let people know of the schedule. I'm sort of pulling back from Facebook and Twitter, but Facebook mostly just because that new layout fucking sucks. I don't understand what that new layout has done that's good. No one can tell me. You know, the whole reason I have a Facebook anyways is just because I post the show and I link all the artists who are featured in the show. And now I don't know if anyone even sees if they're tagged in things because I'm not seeing when I'm tagged in things, right? So before with old Facebook, you know, if someone tagged like Beyond Synth podcast in a post like, hey, you know, this is this is John. I was just listening to Beyond Synth. Then I would click on that notification. It would bring me to their post and I could like their post or share it or whatever. And now if someone links me in a post, if I click on that notification, it just brings me to my Beyond Synth page. It's like, yes, this is a notification for Beyond Synth. I'm like, yeah, but I want to see what the person wrote, right? Because that's the whole point. So I can go like their post, say thanks for sharing. It's so fucking stupid. Anyway, so most of the time, if I have anything relevant to say, I usually post it in my Discord, uh, the link of which is in the show notes. So this guy says, uh, okay, notice you posted saying you started feeling sick and next episode might be a little late. I'll speak for the whole Beyond Synth listeners community and say, don't worry and get some well-deserved rest, dude. Been listening to you since season one and just finished listening to episode 250. It's incredible how much the show has grown and you're bringing Beyond Synth to space now with Andy's spaceship? That's right. So Andy Spaceship is a new uh, YouTube show coming soon. Um, Hopefully uh, you guys like it. It's going to be very silly. I'm basically making a show that's got the vibe of like something you would have found on late night cable TV at like 3 in the morning in the 90s. It's going to feature people from the synthwave scene taking phone calls and stuff and uh, puppets. Anyways, want to say that I love everything that you're doing and really enjoy how you're not just talking about music, but also about pretty much anything that you feel like discussing with your guests. As silly as it is, you really make me not only laugh at your jokes, but also think about life in general in a good positive way. Seriously, though, uh, thanks a lot for your show. It's an absolute joy to listen. Uh, Longtime Patterson, Roman. Well, thank you, Roman. You're a cool guy. Thank you for supporting the show, and thanks for the kind words. I like when people have kind words. They make me feel good about myself. And yeah, I wasn't feeling great, and ironically, you know, that episode, last week's uh, trivia episode where we were talking about Florence getting her COVID test, and then I had to delay the episode because it was taking too long to edit, and then I ended up having to go for one of those and so as I'm editing the show and I'm listening to my reactions about how like disturbing it sounds and then meanwhile I've well I'll tell you about it after a song how about that here's a track from Demi Damage (laughs) from (laughs) from their album Paradise of Sluts and (laughs) this is (laughs) 
It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Uh, in the $25 club, I'm talking about Clinton Dowling, Jimmy the Hutt, Newmark, Alex Seligson, and a star apart uh, who just sent me a picture on Instagram. I think he and Florence were having a drink. And one of them had a cool chalice wine glass thing, and one of them had a Beyond Synth mug, and that was the winner. Anyways, uh, let's listen to this track. This is uh, Demi Damage with I Name My Sex Toys.
that was I Name My Sex Toys by Demi Damage from the album Paradise of Sluts. And I think that's one of the nicer song titles from... <laughs> I came across this artist and I like their music and like every single song title is just filthy and like the artwork is like that weird anime stuff. But anyway, look, good music, all right? And that's what Beyond Synth is all about. It's about cool music. So yes, my kids are in school and they're very strict about when you have to send them home and when they can't come in and stuff because of COVID. So my daughter had a cough. And uh, basically, once they have symptoms, well, I think they've amended the rules, but basically, once they have symptoms, it's like, you know, they should stay home until the symptoms go away. Unfortunately, the symptoms are all like regular cold symptoms, and kids usually get colds when they go back to school, right? When they're around everybody. So she had this cough, and it was like, okay, well, we should probably get her tested. So I went, and at that point, they were doing these lines where you would go to the hospital, and there would just be a line outside. So I waited for three hours in a line to get my daughter tested. We only tested her because everyone else seemed fine in the house. Then that night I started to get sick and I was sick like the whole weekend. Like it actually knocked me out where I was like, I was laying in bed and I was going through like all the symptoms. Like if you read the articles about like, uh, if you have COVID, you know, if you have like weakness and, uh, and you're laying in bed and you have a cough and there's a sore throat and you have a headache and all this. So I had all of that stuff. So I'm like, ah, fuck. Then I went back to get tested and, uh, and the lineup was like, it's hard to explain, but the hospital that's near me, the lineup basically wound all the way around the building till the point where it got back to the same street where the line started. Then it went down the hill and then down the highway. And I was like, I'm not doing that. That's <laughs> a fucking like seven hour line. So then the next day, I got up at six in the morning. I wa- The place didn't even open till eight. I got up at six, walked to the hospital. Lineup was already like a three hour line around the building. I got there at about seven. So I brought my Nintendo Switch and I've been playing the Mario Anniversary Edition and taking notes and listening to music and stuff. And then I finally got the test. So now I know what it feels like to get that stupid Q-tip up your nose and it feels weird. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I think the best way to describe it is it feels like hot sauce. Like someone took hot sauce, but then like sprayed it in your nose. But it only feels like that the moments they actually do the swab part. So like when they just stick the Q-tip in your nose, it just feels like whatever. Like it's not, it doesn't hurt or anything. But it's like when they do the wipe, when they're wiping the sides, that's when it feels like, oh, it's like you're getting like hot sauce sprayed in your nose. But whatever, I dealt with it. And uh, we got our results and everyone was fine. But then they had this computer, uh, they had this online thing to check the kids' results and it didn't update. So it was really stupid because like, basically my both my kids were just kind of out of school for a week. And again, that's why the show is not quite... <laughs> on its regular weekly schedule and I do apologize. I know most of you don't seem to care but I do, I do uh, it is important to me. So I'll leave that at that. Alright, so now look, let's listen to some more music. I got a track here from Joy Downer, okay? This uh, is a cool track and it was suggested to me. I will give him credit because he thinks I'm not gonna give him credit. Mr. Reznik, aka Skunk Raider, one of my uh, awesome patrons and occasionally he sends me music but he knows that a lot of people will send me music and then I end up picking the track I like, so if someone's like, oh, you should play, you know, Doom Boat by Ocean Liner 85 or something, and then I'll listen to Ocean Liner 85 and be like, oh, you know, actually, the song that I really liked was Harbor Nights or something, you know, and and then so I end up playing that, and so... He says to me in a message, he sends me this track, and then he says, Let's make a deal. You will listen to this track three to six months later, and if you'll like it, you'll put it in show, but because of fucked up memory, you'll assume that you found it yourself. (laughs) So there will be no hard feelings. 
but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I will give you full credit, Mr. Alexander Reznik, uh, Skunk Raider. Uh, he says, uh, play this track by Joy Downer, and I will because I liked it. All right, it's a cool track. I like the vibe, and uh, I hope you guys dig it. This is Joy Downer with Plastic Wrap.
that was Plastic Wrap by Joy Downer, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. In the $25 Club, we're talking about Restless Nights, Honeybeard, Tim Carlton, Johnny Five, and Kempson. You guys are the coolest guys. So what else is going on? I got a... Well, here's a message here from Christian Quello. Christian... Christ, Christian. Christ. <laughs> So uh, he messaged me a while ago. This was on Facebook. I think he was talking about the the Droid Bishop episode. But he just says, uh, "Hey Andy, just reaching out to say how much I enjoyed the latest episode. I got a lot out of it and finished up just feeling really great. And what you have to say about creativity and being in your element. You've got such a good thing going with this podcast. Really love what you're doing with it. And I just wanted to let you know. Well, thank you, Christian Quello. You're a cool guy. And yeah, you know, like I've always tried to keep this show with a general positive vibe." Sometimes it's difficult when the world uh, is being stupid. Um, And that's definitely my mission statement with Andy's spaceship when that comes out. I I thought about lots of things like, oh, should I use this as a forum to talk about things I don't talk about on Beyond Synth? And I thought, why not use this as a forum to be as silly and fucking stupid as possible to give people some reprieve? Because the internet seems to be full of people who don't want you to have any reprieve from the uh, nonsense. And there's a lot of commentators and other type people on, on YouTube whose primary goal seems to be to make you mad (laughs) like that's like their point is just here's something that's gonna make you mad look at these people are making you mad and like that's all it is and it's like man sometimes you do want to get in there and say what you think and then i take a step back in a minute and you know what I think the internet would benefit from a delay. I'm writing all these downs. I have my I'm writing all these downs. <laughs> I'm writing all these down. Uh, my solutions to how to make the world a better place. And I think the internet needs. I think the fact that the internet is instantaneous is the problem. And there should be like some universal thing where you just cannot comment instantly on anything. Like when you leave a comment, it won't go for like 24 hours. And then in that 24 hours, you always have the option to delete it before it actually becomes public. Wouldn't that be useful? I think that'd be useful. Just a thought from a guy, all right? Anyway, look, let's listen to some more music, and then uh, we'll be chatting with uh, At1980 in just a bit. This was one. Actually, this isn't a new track, but uh, this popped up in my playlist, and I I dug it. Um, It was from the Synth Love Affair Volume 2 albums. That was a while ago, but uh, hey, man, who cares? Good music is good music. That's what I say. So this is Pink and Red, or the track is called Pink and Red, I should say. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. We're talking about Martin Larby, Blake Peterson, Ken Juru, and Gregorio Franco. And uh, yeah, thank you all for supporting the show. You guys are great. This is Maya and Turbo Chevette with Pink and Red.
All right, and that was Pink and Red by Maya and Turbo Chevette from Synth Love Affair Volume Two. Synth Love Affair, and uh, and I like that track. Um, so uh, we'll just talk for a few seconds, then we'll probably listen to one more song, and then go to my conversation with at nineteen eighty. I should say we actually recorded this a few months ago. I don't think it's too out of date, although Adrian does mention going to or setting up a virtual conference for September, and I imagine that's already happened, so I hope that conference went well, and uh, yeah, that song was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Of course, there's the awesome Ashley Keegan from Forged in Neon with the uh, the 2049, Bruce Spring Squeaks with the 1986, the Buchelman Sisters in the 1985 club, Sarah and Rachel, and Murat with the 1984... I like those 1980-year ones. They're fun. After that last episode where we um, had a whole bunch of guests and I was talking to Adam about uh, Xbox, and I've been looking into that Game Pass, man. It is tempting because I went through the list. And, of course, I made the stupid mistake of I was on the American site the whole time, so that always is confusing because I'll go on the American site and be like, oh, $9.99 a month? Like, that's a really good deal. But then I'm looking at American dollars, and so in Canada, it's actually 12 bucks. But it's still pretty good, considering that I went through the list, and there's a lot of games on there that I would play. So now, I don't know. I've had this thing lately where I feel like if I don't get a next-gen console this fall, right? Because, it, you know, they're going to be sold out and all the pre-orders and stuff. I'm almost tempted to just get, like, a used Xbox One X and then just get Game Pass and then get Cyberpunk and then just play Cyberpunk on current gen. If I get Cyberpunk and then get into that game, I technically won't need a next-gen system for, like, six months at least, right? So, I don't know. What are you guys doing? I mean, look, if I walk into the store casually and there's just a PlayStation 5 sitting there, like... I would probably get it. I'd have to save up some money, but I'm not putting in a pre-order. I'm not doing any of that nonsense. So it's just going to be, look, if I walk in and there's a thing and which is a weird thing to say because I don't really walk into any stores anymore. <laughs> like I am taking this whole pandemic situation seriously. So, I mean, I, I really do only go to the store for groceries and I'm not doing the sort of frivolous store hopping that I would ordinarily where I would just go, hey, you know, I'm going to walk to video game store and flip through the boxes or whatever you know what i mean like that sounds awful okay look listen let's listen to one more track this is a cool one from dead life it's a little different it's kind of got like a chill vibe it's called our virtual hills this is brought to you by my awesome patreon supporters by the way uh in the 15 dollar club uh prophet of jupiter six mil gus velichek hampus ml and shatterack and i also want to do a special shout out to prophet of jupiter because he's on my discord he works in the uh medical profession and uh whenever i've had questions about stuff especially during this uh this period where i was uh, going in and getting tested and stuff like that he was there answering my questions and being a helpful cool guy so thanks prophet of jupiter you're a cool guy and now uh let's listen to this uh track by deadlife this is our virtual hills
And that was Our Virtual Hills by Dead Life. And that's cool. I think the single is out, right? You know I'm bad with this. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, it's a cool track uh, brought to you by my awesome uh, patrons. We're talking about Mads Baron Christensen, Retro Serenade, and we will never forget the immortal Chris Celia Lane. So look, I, oh, you know what? Shit. Sorry. <laughs> All right, listen, I do have another letter to read. Look, man, I'm a disorganized guy, all right? Bear with me, okay? But uh, I had a a special donation uh, this month from Anselmo Incorporated from the Beyond Synth PayPal, and I better read it now or else I will forget. He says, hi, Andy, during your last show, you read my donation letter, and it did not come out the way it was intended, and thusly, I got into hot water with my partner, in brackets, to clarify, that is my romantic love interest who is a man. I know you're curious about this term. Yes, whenever people... (laughs) I'm just being silly. Whenever people say partner, I always want to make the joke that they're talking about business partners because I'm immature. He says, so please allow me to clarify. My partner hates most of my podcasts beyond they are political. Oh, you mean because? My partner hates most of my podcasts because they are political. However, Beyond Synth is one of the few podcasts we can both agree on. Your witty, self-deprecating humor, joyful glee, awesome selection of tracks, and complete professionalism make your show one of the best shows in the multiverse. In fact, we both agree you are this generation's Jay Leno. (laughs) You do have a habit of (laughs) writing letters that are... (laughs) It's like a compliment one minute, and then the next minute it's something else. (laughs) Jay Leno. (laughs) Unless you meant it as a compliment, I will accept it as a compliment. Um, So here's another donation to clarify from last week. As you were more than tolerated, you are beloved, and you should take solace in the fact that Beyond Synth is loved by all types of people, including gay men who just turned 40. Oops, did I say that out loud? Just kidding, Daniel. Happy birthday, Ambassador. That's him. And... Am I supposed to read it that way? Just kidding. Daniel, happy birthday, Ambassador. Or is it happy birthday, Ambassador? Or is his last name Ambassador? <laughs> Grammarly, buddy. And uh, and thank you, Andy, for all you do. If you could play The Midnight The Years for his 40th birthday, that would be great. Sorry for the war and peace here. Keep rocking, Andy, and thanks. Well, thank you uh, for your donation. And yes, I will play the song. And happy birthday, to Daniel Happy Birthday Ambassador. And just for you guys, I'll make this episode completely political. (laughs) Well, it depends, right? Because there's so many things now, because everything gets politicized. So technically speaking, we do talk a lot about COVID in this one. (laughs) So if you're one of those people who thinks that's a political issue, then buckle up. (laughs) Anyway, listen, you know, the point is we're all having a good time. uh, And... uh, (laughs) Jay Leno. <laughs> to clarify why I'm laughing, I was a, uh, I'm more of a Conan guy myself, <laughs> to be clear. But it sounds like from this email that you guys are a bunch of old men, so uh, I guess it makes sense that uh, Jay Leno is your reference point. <laughs> I'm saying that as a guy who's going to be like 39 in a month. So, oh no, am I 39 in a month? Hmm. Anyway, here's uh. <laughs> Just for you, here's the midnight with the years.
And that was The Years by The Midnight. A special birthday dedication to some gay guys. <laughs> um, yes, but happy birthday, all right? And uh, I hope you guys are, are having a, a good day. And uh, go get a cake and celebrate at home in safety. And wear a mask and stay six feet apart. And now, now let's go to my conversation with At1980. All right, well, look, we're here right now. I am here with At1980, which comprises two gentlemen. First, we got Josh Daly. You want to say hi? Hello, 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 everyone. And then we have uh, Adrian. Uh, we talked just before. I was trying to get you to say how to pronounce your name. So you say when you talk to English people, you're fine with people calling you Adrian. But in fact, it is pronounced how? Adrian. <laughs> so do you want me to... <laughs> I miss out on that one. <laughs> you can, you can use Adrian, Andy. That's totally fine. So, But is it condescending if I every time I refer to you, I go, Adrian? No, that's fine. Whatever you want to use, I'm fine with it. All right. Well, hey, man, how's it going? Good. Hi, Andy. Hi, everyone. Thank you very much for having us today. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Now, this is the first time, like, uh, both of you have been on the show. If, if people pay attention to my uh, Beyond Synth YouTube page, which nobody does, there is <laughs> a video up there. I, I, I always say this on the show, but, like, I, I literally put so much work into those stupid videos, and then, like, 10 people watch them. So I have to keep reminding people that there's a YouTube channel, because the audience of the podcast is, like, a lot larger than the people who actually end up watching the damn YouTube. But... The point is that I have already met Josh because you were touring with Ollie and FM84 on their tour in North America last year. Correct. Before the world went into um, meltdown. Yes, exactly. The days in which we went to go and see concerts, if you remember those. Yeah, those were good days, and that was a good show. That's when I met you the first time, but I guess as far as Beyond Synth listeners are concerned, this is the first time we're meeting Josh. Yeah, nice. And so... Uh, uh, I don't know where to begin here. I guess, Josh, I'll begin with you just because uh, you've been floating around uh, the scene for a while. And I I think like a lot of people discovered you uh, when you did a collab with Time Cop, Mm -hmm. which was the the track Let's Talk, uh, which is obviously a a really great song. So that's how you sort of uh, popped on my radar. Uh, Is that an expression? Yeah, yeah. Popped on my radar. You've nailed it. Sounds sexual. (laughs) Yeah, man, that's how it all started. Years ago now, it was a very different scene back then. I heard Time Cop on SoundCloud. You know, there was no Spotify or anything like that. Really dug it, sent him a message, and pretty much the rest is history. And then that's kind of how the, the Cole thing happened with FM as well, because he heard Reflections uh, and he really liked it. Then he got in contact with me, and then I hooked him up with Ollie. And yeah. It's a really, really cool journey, really. And such a, a niche scene that wasn't anything like sort of what me and Ollie had done before, which is more like pop music, basically. I, re- I remember sort of when we were releasing stuff and how, how great we felt, just because everyone was so supportive in the scene. And not to put too fine a point, but it's like it was pretty life-changing doing that song. That's, that's what started the whole synthwave thing. I must have known this, but it, so it was technically you were first, like, you sort of discovered this thing first. You had a history with Ollie. Yeah. And so it was you that actually were the ones that made the connections. Yeah, man. So I I did the track with Time Cop. And I, I normally tell Ollie everything that I do. And at the time, I was living with him as well. Because we were touring a lot. And I was living 
uh, in the same house as him. And I got back and then I played him Let's Talk in the uh, in the kitchen. And um, he was like, um, oh, you can't do that, man. That, that's way too 80s. Like, I really like it, but it's way too 80s. It's like, no, no one will listen to that. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and like, it's funny that the reason there was obviously context to that because we'd just fallen out with the label that we were with and said that we were doing something 280s and, and all of that. So there was a big lot of context to it. But yeah, and then like a couple of days passed and he was like, oh, I really like the song. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thanks. Then some time passed and then Cole reached out to me and then I, I, I hooked Cole and Ola. And I remember the first time that Ollie played Running in the Night and I was like, I was so angry. I was like, oh, God, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, God's sake, what have you done there? It was, it was, it was a really cool honest introduction into a scene you know whereas maybe I might feel now some people who do synthwave are maybe doing it to jump on board the bandwagon and maybe that's why it's become a little bit disenfranchised but I think obviously like the the cream rises to the top right so there are still amazing people doing synthwave but back then there really wasn't there was like what like maybe 10 people doing synthwave which is crazy to think about how did you find time cop in the first place i was at a very edgy party in london in a place called dalston and one of my friends played it to me and as i said it was just soundcloud i'm pretty sure it wasn't even the dana one because you know the dana one was quite old that was way before me and I think what I heard was just instrumental stuff. And yeah, that, that's where I heard it. Alongside Kavinsky, you know, like it was like that kind of time just when Drive was coming out. Or I think it might have just, just been before. And yeah, it was like kind of a, like a really cool underground thing. And I, I instantly remember thinking like, oh, it's a bit like Daft Punk, which is not really. But like at the time, that was the only thing I could really sort of compare it to right because i hadn't heard anything else you know yeah 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 it's interesting thinking about that because when i first sort of discovered the scene it was the same thing it was hard to find reference points besides the things that the music was taking inspiration from right going like oh this sounds kind of like tangerine dream or this sounds kind of like yeah you know yan hammer miami vice stuff so then i would just gravitate towards music that kind of had like the vibe like i i liked chromio for example yeah you same. know where you're just yeah. like oh yeah like, you know, this has got that kind of retro vibe. But I literally, I literally knew none of that, that music before this. Like right. this, you know, like that was really weird. Like, you know, now, as you said, we have loads of references now, don't we? Like, ah, uh, yeah, you know, sounds like The Weeknd's new stuff or it sounds like that Taylor Swift album or, ah, oh, it sounds like The Midnight. Back then, like, yeah, there was no referencing. So it was really probably why Ollie was so shocked by it. Yeah. You know? Because there was nothing to go on. Yeah, that's so very true, yeah. I, I, when did you first hear Retrowave, um, Asian? So for me, it was the Christine album. Yeah. I don't know if that came out in 2013 or something like that. But um, yeah, I hadn't heard anything similar. And uh, I didn't even know, and she wasn't very known at the moment. I didn't even know if she was 
where when she was from if if it was actually an artist from yeah. the 80s yeah, that I had yeah, stumbled yeah. across or, or if it was name. someone and I was I remember uh, vividly trying to google her and and I couldn't find where's this woman from what age is is she on And I couldn't find the information. I just knew that I loved the songs, and I kept listening to that album for two or three years. I've just got Christine up now on Spotify. Was it 2012? Maybe 2012. Yeah. Modern Love. Yep, exactly. But I, th I think it was the EP that I. Yeah. Yeah. She put on, uh, I think the album is called The Deepest Blue. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the Modern Love, that's 2012. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's the one that I heard, and uh, yeah, I, I was really taken by it. And it's very interesting what you said that. Ollie said to you that uh, this is 280s you you can't yeah. do that and when I listened to Christina I remember that feeling also like wow like this is the music that I've been wanting yeah, to do I for, want to for, do. for many yeah. years and that I want to do can, can you do this actually can you do this type of music well listen how about this we got to listen to some music now all right so just because we were talking about it We will uh, listen to... Now, I like the FM84 one, which is the FM84 Let's Talk featuring Time Cop and Josh, which is nice. technically... It's a remix, isn't it? I've always been confused about the naming convention of this song. Yeah, so it's, it's a remix. It's like a rendition remix, do you know what I mean? Um, because what Cole did was, was really great on it, and he changed a few of the chords. So, yeah, it's branded a remix, but like... For me, they, you know, they're kind of separate. You've got the Time Cop one, you've got this one, but yeah. Right, because on the FM84 album, it is called Let's Talk featuring Time Cop and Josh Dell. Exactly. Like, that's what the actual track is called. Yeah. So I, I was always, uh, anyway, whatever. Look, the point is we're going to listen to it now because this is when I discovered uh, the lovely voice of, of Josh. And then, uh, yeah, so we'll listen to this. This is awesome. This is uh, FM84 with Let's Talk featuring Time Cop 1983 and Josh Daly.
And that was Let's Talk by FM84 featuring Time Cop 1983 and Josh Daly. And today I am chatting with uh, Josh Daly and Adrian <laughs> or, or Adrian, whichever one. I Am I saying it right if I say Adrian? Yes, you are. Okay. Do I do I need to roll the R? No, not that one. I just go full English. Yeah. Like I, it's, it's it's one of those. I think like it sounds very cool and like almost. This sounds a little bit strange, but it's almost sexy mm. in Spanish. I'm a comfortable guy, Adrian, so I'm yeah. happy to say that to you. <laughs> when I do that, mm. no, not sexy. Weird. Uh, sounds like a British person abroad, which is never a good thing. You know the standard sunburn, overweight. Drunk um, <laughs> English guy in Spain. Yeah, no, <laughs> unfortunately, I, that's what we do when we go to Spain. Well, speaking of Spain, then talk to me. Uh, why don't we get to know Adrian here? So tell me about yourself, because we're just meeting today for the first time. So I want to know. Uh, I want to know all about you, man. <laughs> Uh, sure. So, um, yes, uh, I didn't start out in music as uh, Josh did. Josh is a professional musician. Uh, me, I'm a physicist myself. I studied physics and I work as a researcher, as a scientist, crazy scientist. I always tell the same story, but this is the kind of impact that the movie Back to the Future had on me is that... Um, I wanted to be at the same time both Marty and, and Doc. So yeah. <laughs> I I studied physics and I picked up the guitar at the same time when I was 15 or something like that. I picked up both and uh, I've managed to make my both dreams come true somehow. I can work uh, during the daytime as a physicist and at night I enter my little studio here and, and try to make some music. Okay, so we will talk about music, but... I don't have physicists on here too often, so I am going to pivot now to talk about that because I need to know. So what does that what does that mean exactly? What's your job specifically? So I work on magnets. My field of expertise is uh, magnetism, and especially it's called nanomagnetism. So what happens to magnets when you make them very small, down to the nanoscale? And I research their properties and try to find out if they do crazy and unexpected things when you make them small. That's basically what I do. You're not involved in the actual construction of the nanomagnets, right? Like you just experiment with them, or do you also are you also involved in making them i do both actually because we have to grow them or build them uh, depending on what type of magnet you want to do but i do both normally i grow that's my favorite uh, experiment to do i grow very thin layers of of magnets like one atom thin or two atom thin and and try to figure out if they're magnetic already when they're that thin or when you have so few atoms or if they start being magnetic. What, what, how many atoms you need them to be magnetic? That's one of the experiments that we do. So for that, you have to put atoms one at a time into the magnet and see what happens. Hey, Josh, I'm not going to talk to you for the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, I, was, this- I was just thinking. God, my life's boring. <laughs> All I did was I just got my heart broken twice and wrote a few songs. Like, that's basically what I did for 10 years. Just speak to Adrian, honestly. It's a lot more interesting. <laughs> Okay, uh, growing a magnet? Yeah, growing a magnet. <laughs> I'm a foolish man. I, <laughs> yes. I find this stuff very interesting. Is there like a, sorry to do this to you, but sort of like a like a layman's terms, like a very simple way of sort of explaining how that works? Yes, yes. So um, you have seen these crazy big chambers that we physicists use. You've seen them in shows and movies and all that, right? These big metal chambers. Basically what we do there is um, suck out all of the air. We call it 
ultra high vacuum. It's basically you have no atoms in there at all. Then we put inside a, a substrate, typically it's a metal substrate, and then you put what we call a metal evaporator right on top of it. And then you start depositing the, these atoms by controlling the voltage and the, the heat that you have on that metal evaporator. You control how many atoms are deposited on your surface. And that's how you grow the magnet little by little, atom by atom. How, okay, how, how do you deposit an atom? Like, is there like a little needle thing that comes down and goes like, blink, and like an atom falls out? Like, Well, you, you take a, a rod of iron, let's say, which is the archetypical magnetic material. You heat it up, and then you sublimate the material. When, when you sublimate, basically you're turning the, the solid iron onto a gas. It's an iron gas that's composed of iron atoms. Then if you do it very, very quietly at a very mild temperature, you have these flux of atoms coming out of your evaporator that actually looks like a gun. And I've had very interesting stories trying to get those through the airports when I'm traveling for an experiment because it's a metal thing that looks exactly like a gun, basically. So fun times in the US with that. <laughs> and um, out of the, of the point of that metal thing, that evaporator, you get little by little atoms of iron that come out and that get stuck into that substrate that's basically like the, the floor of the experiment is your substrate and, and these atoms start falling on that and they aggregate together and start forming this magnet. So what does su sublimate means to turn something into a gas? From solid to gas. To melt is from solid to liquid and to sublimate is from solid to gas. And you can sublimate metal? Yep. So how? I don't even understand that. You can sublimate anything at the correct temperature, <laughs> yes. Everything is sublimating constantly. It's just a matter of how much. It's just a, a typical process. All, all of the atoms have the surface of whatever material. There's a constant transfer between the air and the, the material itself of atoms that are sublimating or uh, getting uh, solidified again at the surface. So if you typically for iron, if I remember correctly, if you make it 500 or 600 degrees C, you start sublimating it. So it sublimates after it melts? No, it doesn't melt at all. What? The trick is to use metals that do not melt while you're sublimating them. And, and not all of them do that. Sorry, Josh, we're, we're doing this to you. Wait, wait, wait. It's, it's absolutely fine. I, I, I'm just too sort of my mind's blown, so it's fine. Wait, By the way, we did yeah. do this to the, um, the album. We managed to sublimate it. Yeah. That's what's <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It took us about 10 years, but yeah, it was quite hard. But Adrian worked it out. Just turn it into a magnet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on. I okay, but then how hot does does iron have to be before it turns into liquid metal? Uh, if I remember correctly, that's closer to one thousand or eleven hundred degrees C. Wait, so so you heat it up so it doesn't melt, but then why does it turn into a gas at that point? Like, do you vibrate it really fast? Do you scrape it? Like, no, no, it, it, it's a process that's happening constantly. If you heat up a, a metal to a good enough temperature that's below its melting point, it's going to sublimate. So there is a point where if you let it sublimate long enough, it'll eventually just fill up that tube, that airless tube with just iron gas? Yep, that's what happens. And if you let it long enough, and that's why 
every so often we have to open the chamber and replace this rod you just eat it out and you run out of iron because it's all of it sublimates away wait a second so then if the temperature goes down does it just rain down like iron dust to the no okay no 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 because it's it it basically propagates uh, isotropically in all directions and you're losing it when you would need to collect it in a chamber and then try to solidify it again wait so so at that point it is just gas like you could walk in and breathe it in and nothing would happen to you yeah it's very small amounts i mean we're eating much higher amounts of iron with every food that we're eating so yeah no problem with breathing that right all right man well look let's listen to some music (laughs) (laughs) the perfect setup for music yeah it's literally like the biggest tangent surely you've ever had i mean well listen this is all very interesting chemistry and then physics and then yeah. Whenever I, whenever I have people on with interesting jobs, that's my brain goes right to there. I mean, like when I like Robert Parker is a doctor, you know, and so it's like, how can I have a doctor on and not ask doctor questions the whole time? Like everybody else no, is making music, point. you know. Yeah. Anyway, look, the point is this: let's listen to a track by at nineteen eighty because, of course, Josh and Adrian are uh, together. This uh, this this team and uh let's listen to this song i think i played this on the show a few weeks ago uh it's a good one it's called play it and then in brackets on the radio
And that was at 1980 with Play It on the radio. And I'm here right now with at 1980, Josh and Adrian. And we just went through a, a physics well it wasn't really a physics lesson well it kind of was i learned a bit i think about sublimating iron welcome to the beyond magnet podcast yeah. <laughs> exactly josh what uh what metals have you sublimated <laughs> well, like i i think every, everyone's like pretty lucky that they just got that normally adrian charges a lot for that so he's just given that out like you know that's a good good snippet there that everyone's got (laughs) but no on a very serious note it is absolutely fascinating isn't it and it's fascinating what like a lot of people do in in this scene alongside their their music career but yeah ollie and myself are quite boring we just just write songs no you're not (laughs) (laughs) thank you adrian (laughs) so how explain then the uh, the genesis of at 1980 how did this start so it started with uh, me reaching out to josh basically um i knew of his uh, songs with uh, with time cop and and with um fm84 yeah as, as i said as it started listening more more um prominently to synthwave maybe three years ago in 2017 or something like that so i was relatively uh, new to the scene yeah i started producing my own my own songs but it became pretty clear to me that uh uh, my voice wasn't up to the task and that i need to find a a singer and uh i thought i mean why not it's a long shot but why not ask josh i love his voice i love what he does there's a very good chance he won't like the stuff but I lose nothing by trying and luckily like maybe half an hour later he replied back hey I like the song let's record it sure and we worked on that first song together it was the song Now which is ended up being on the album and we kind of liked it and we kind of clicked and I think the, the creative match and but also the personal match was there so uh, we decided that it would be fun to try to write a song together for the following song and then we embarked on um, Have a Heart like a couple of months after, after doing Now together we i send a, a track just the music this time to josh and he came up with all the lyrics and, and the top line for it and we loved the song right away and and because i think because of it's safe to say josh that because of have heart it's why we decided to to make it a full project and a full full album out of it yeah definitely yeah it was a weird thing because we started this what's the timeline on it, adrian when when was that so i reached out to you in april 2018 exactly so like over two years ago and it just goes to show like you all when you write something and when you, you finish it like let's say two songs or something you're like oh i really want to get it out but we really really sat on it and like we even finished the album agent what maybe a year and a bit ago like yep. the whole thing yep early 2019 yeah and it was nearly mixed and we were thinking, you know, should we release it with no label or we, we've been speaking to a few labels. And it's just funny. I think just that the stars have to align. We wanted the home of the record to be with uh, New Retrowave, but we didn't want it to be forced onto it. It was very much like, look, if you want it and you have the time to do it, then we're excited to, to work with you. But if not, we're going to release it. So I, I just think, like like most things, a little bit of luck came uh, our way, but we waited and we knew that we'd done something honest and we liked it. And yeah, the response has been amazing. Yeah, pretty overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. It's been really nice for, for what essentially is just like a you know a new project uh, in the scene it's been met with a, a lot of love and 
yeah, it's been really cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds great. How long? So, how long did was it ready before? Because I know, I mean, even last year when we did the, you know, the video interview with FM. Yeah, right. When we did the interview, you you asked me about it, didn't you? So, like that would have been a year ago. Cool, maybe. Maybe the album was ready then. Most of the songs were, but then we added "In the Air" and "Missing You" were additions from the from the later part of 2019. That's a good point. So we had other two songs in those slots actually back in the day. Yeah, we we kind of had the album together, and then I was just thinking it sounded so so good. I just wanted to try and put two other singles on it, basically. So we ended up revisiting the whole thing and like mixing it all again and adding those two singles and I think that probably happens to quite a lot of projects you sort of at the end you just manage to get it at an extra five or, or six percent which is like the hardest part to get and then yeah then you got it and then um, New Retro got on board and the rest is history <laughs> yeah well speaking of which let's uh, you, br- you brought it up but let's listen to it uh, the track Missing You because this is a this is a cool song that I dig and we're gonna check it out do you want to do you want to set it up? Uh, just play it loud. Think of an ex-girlfriend. Go for a drive. <laughs> wait, w- was that a Spain ambulance or a British one? Or wait, no, you're not. You're in Germany. That was a, that was a Berlin ambulance. It's going quite crazy out here at the moment. There's been protests and stuff. Um, apparently, COVID. But here's something for all of you listeners: COVID doesn't exist. So there we go. That's good. There's a march on that. <laughs> so we can all. Uh, can all breathe a, a sigh of relief. Thank God. That's great news. Yeah, great news. Everyone, calm down. It's fine. Oh, good. Okay, great. Uh, I was I was pretty stressed out, you know. So yeah, no, I know everyone was. That was the thing. But then I came here, and then there was fifteen thousand people protesting, saying it didn't exist. And then I was like, oh, it's fine. That's great. <laughs> it's not funny, is it? <laughs> On a, on a serious note, it does exist, and those people are crazy. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, missing you. Play it loud. <laughs> Drive at night. Right. Here it is. <laughs> this is Missing You by At1980. So 
right, and that was at 1980 with Missing You. And I'm here right now with at 1980, Adrian and Josh. Hello. Listen to those fucking sirens. (laughs) Yeah, they finally caught me. What did you do, Josh? What did you do in Berlin? He is COVID. Yeah, I am, yes. I'm the embodiment of COVID. They've caught me. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. They're going to lock yeah. me up and the whole thing's over. Then they're going to sublimate you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was literally just about to say that. Then I'm off to Spain and uh, I'm going to get turned into gas. Don't worry. It doesn't, it doesn't take that much high temperature to do it to me. Like, literally, an English summer will do it to me. So, 26 degrees. And I'll start. Well, I guess if it takes like 1,000 for iron, I mean, like, what does what a human sublimate at? It's got to be a lot less than that. Yeah. They used to do it to witches in the 15th century, right? So A microwave would do it, wouldn't it? Would it? Is that the same thing? No, that's radio waves. No, you need a little bit more than... You need fire, yeah. Yeah, you need fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Good to know. So, Adrian, besides... Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, physics again. So you say you're sitting there, you're growing these magnets and stuff like that. So that is that your prime concern is nanomagnets or is there other stuff that you uh, get up to? So I also work with uh, macro magnets. So the big ones. Um, yeah, the main project that I've been working on the last three years is, um, I, I told this story to Josh a couple of times already. So sorry about that. But um, yeah, maybe you know that China controls most of the production of rare earths, these materials at the bottom of the periodic table. You remember them from school? (laughs) School? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yes, I'll say yes. Yes, so uh, the best magnets in the world, they're made of rare earths, and China knew this for many years now, so they've been quietly taking control of all the mines of that material, of those materials in, in the world, and now the US and Europe have gotten a little bit nervous about the fact that they depend so much on, on China. Basically, we're, we're working on trying to find magnets that do not contain rare earths, so that we don't depend on them so much, that they are good enough so that we can replace some of the rare earths. And what are some of the amazing uses for these magnets? Tell the audience uh, why we we depend on magnets so much well I, I start many of my presentations at conferences with with a slide that says that um typically a human being owns about 200 magnets unknowingly if you have a car that's more about 400 or 500 magnets that you own because they're literally everywhere of course of the all of the hard drives of, of all of our devices computers phones and all that are made of of magnets but then a car has 200 magnets all of the wind turbines for uh, wind energy and that's going to be a huge uh, increase of the of the demand for magnets in, in the future they contain magnets because they're in a motor or a generator you need magnets to turn electrical energy into mechanical and vice versa. So in a dam, to turn the waterfall into electricity, you need a magnet. In the generator, the wind turbine, you need magnet to turn the wind into electrical energy. So yeah, they're basically everywhere. Right. Wait, you speak at conferences? Yeah, of course. We physicists like to uh, meet up typically a couple of times a year uh, at conferences and, and workshops and all that. And we present our work. We publish them in scientific journals and then we talk about them at the conferences. We meet each other and it's basically just an excuse to go to a nice place and then have a beer with your friends after the conference, but we have fun, yeah. What's a physics conference like? A lot of nerds, (laughs) myself included. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean, from after a couple of years in the profession, you meet a lot of friends. So imagine there was a synthwave conference somehow and you would meet every year and you would see your friends and see other bands and you would hang out and see a couple of shows and then after that you would go for a bite and a couple of beers so once a year for a week 
that's a fun fun thing to do and we like of course uh, organizers we like to choose the the best cities for that since our jobs are paying for the travels and all that so conferences in hawaii or in vegas or things like that are pretty common so yeah it's a fun thing to do have you done any like virtual conferences yet yeah i have not attended yet uh, in these months but i'm organizing one actually in september we we were planning on doing it in in cordoba in the south of spain but we had to cancel that and we're instead we're going to do a, a online event it's not going to be the same thing but but yeah at least it's something well just get your kids to make like a little slot machine so like uh you can pretend it's vegas and then just get wasted and just... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well we can go to berlin because there's no covid there so yeah yeah <laughs> guys there's proof it's proof there's fifteen thousand people they said it wasn't real so i really don't know why everyone's worried about it's, just, it's completely fine Josh, why are you in Berlin? <laughs> why am I in Berlin? Because I ran away, Andy. I ran away from reality. And, and no, no. Um, I was out here doing a, a little bit of work. So I had a few writing sessions. I was doing this. It, we were doing a, a new single for Time Cop. Okay. We, we did a music video out here with the same guy that we used for the At 1980 video. Uh, he's great. He's called Steve uh, Glashier. So check him out. He's on both of our Instagrams, mine and the at 1980. So yeah, then I was meant to go back on Monday, but I just stayed out here because it's, it's it's beautiful. Technically, I haven't been on a plane since 1997, so like it's been a while. <laughs> uh, I, I forget what they're like. Uh, it's weird. Like my childhood was front loaded with travel. Yeah. When I was young, my dad's like a geography teacher, and and he he always liked to travel the world, and he still travels like all the time. And so when I was a kid, I went to so many countries like when I was young and then once I got to high school I just sort of didn't really do much traveling after that and so I don't know like what's being in a plane like right now so basically like you, you get in it you put your seatbelt on um, you take off it's very fast and it gets quite high <laughs> fuck you and then you're up there for a while <laughs> <laughs> you're up there for a while uh-huh. your ears pop a little bit mm. you look out the window you go oh that's quite high bit of sea then before you know it back down again you're going down your ears pop again then you land and then you're there no no I'm being silly but no it was it was actually fine the airports were really safe I flew out of London and got into Berlin and yeah it's a little bit weird when, you, when you're actually on the plane because then obviously social distancing isn't happening so I basically squirted the woman next to me with disinfectant, uh, you know, that alcohol stuff that everyone uses for hands. So I was literally just like, look, you're going to have to move over. I just squirted the whole seat everywhere. <laughs> and uh, yeah, basically like sort of huddled myself into a ball at the window seat and um, <laughs> arrived in Germany completely fine. But the, yeah, the experience was fine. I'm actually going to go to Poland tomorrow see Ollie because he's out there at the moment but I'm going to take a train over there so I think it's a little bit safer which um, song did you say you guys were doing the video for well it's a time cop song that hasn't been ah okay okay so it's uh, that's top secret it's (laughs) top top secret might be something out soon who knows? Okay, well, in the in the meantime, then, how about we, we can only imagine what this song will be like, but uh, I'll play this track. This is a Time Cop <laughs> track that uh, you featured on called Neon Lights, which I really like, and we'll play this as a placeholder so people can use their imaginations until this, uh, <laughs> this new one comes out. Good idea. So uh, let's listen to this. This is uh, Time Cop 1983 featuring Josh Daly. This is Neon Lights.
And that was Neon Lights by Time Cop 1983 featuring Josh Daly. And I'm here today not only with Josh, but Adrian, the, the duo behind At 1980. And I'm just sort of bouncing around playing all sorts of different uh, random songs. Uh, Adrian, how many magnets are in a plane? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> how many are there, Adrian? Do you know? Nope. Haven't counted them. We need to know that. It's got to be a lot, though, right? I imagine. Can we edit that in, Andy? Like, can you like whack that in, like <laughs> yeah. seamlessly? One thousand one hundred and fifty-three magnets in the plane. Did you just look? <laughs> no. How many magnets in a plane? Right, this is real time, guys. This is real time news. <laughs> this is like an episode of twenty-four. This is exciting, guys. It's not looking good. <laughs> oh, one of the things says, "Why are magnets not allowed in aeroplanes?" So, what? Hmm, that's a little bit weird. Is that a thing? No, that's going to take a lot more research All than right. just a Google <laughs> search. Sorry, sorry, everyone. I will go research this, and then I will dub my voice in after the fact to make it sound like I'm smarter Great. than all of you. So, like, Adrian, <laughs> yeah, while, while you're talking about sublimating metals, I'm going to be like, <laughs> oh, you mean when the pH of negative 48, like, renders the... Uh, the ionic uh, samples inert by uh, radioactive dissonance or whatever. I'll just... <laughs> exactly, yeah. I have to ask, Andy, are you a Raptors fan? I'm not really a sports fan. I mean, like, I'm not against it. Like, I'm not one of those, like, nerds that, like, hates <laughs> sports. <laughs> well, because that's a, that's a brand of nerd, right? The people who, like, hate sports and all yeah, that stuff. I know, I know. Like, I understand it, but I don't, uh, I don't really follow any, uh, any kind of sports things. Did you want to talk about basketball? Is that why you asked? No, yeah, I'm a big Warriors fan, so I was very upset at the Raptors a year ago. But I've gotten, I've gotten more or less over it year after <laughs> more or less. Well, there was a big, uh, <laughs> not really, but there was a big parade in Toronto because that was a big deal, right? Because I was like the first time they ever won anything i know i couldn't watch any of it no. well it's funny because in uh well it's not funny at all but uh with baseball all right in like 1990 is that a 92 or it's two years in a row the toronto team the blue jays won the whatever the fuck they win world cup series world series world series yeah, yeah. and so one of the items you always find when you go to a thrift shop is these blue t-shirts with the maple leaves and it says like 93 94 or 92 93 or whatever like for yeah. the, the t-shirts that they sold when they won the world series and it's one of those things that's probably like uniquely toronto is whenever you go to like a secondhand clothes shop you always find these stupid blue jays world series shirts and i imagine give it like five or six years and then that'll be replaced with the whatever the fuck the Raptors won. What do they win? What did basketball win? Golden ball? <laughs> the ring. The ring, okay. The one ring? The one ring, yeah, that, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> that's why it was so surprising to have Hobbits actually win the ring. That that was the surprising thing about that movie. Yeah, it's quite ironic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing people always say when they talk about Lord of the Rings is how ironic the story is. <laughs> <laughs> That's the main takeaway. That's the main take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> There's nothing more ironic when a short person gets something done. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! So, what is the uh, what's the process then when you guys uh, make music? Like, are you starting songs, Josh, or are you sort of like does Adrian kind of start them and then you sort of join in? Like, how do you guys work together? Every time that sort of I listen to an interview where I'm really, really interested in the, in the songwriter or musician. And they say exactly what I'm just about to say now. 
it really, really annoys me because it's no closure. But it's really different every single time. Sometimes I'll start something, sometimes Adrian will start something. Sometimes it's just a, a, an instrumental that then gets words and lyrics done to it, or sometimes it's written on an acoustic guitar. Um, but I think the running theme throughout all of it is when you have something to say that isn't forced, that has to come out, that's when a, a, a song that is worth listening to is made. I think. In the album, there's a little bit of everything, right? There are songs that are maybe 85% Josh or 90% Josh or 90% me. Some songs I started the music, he did the lyrics. Some songs, the lyrics are mine. So there, there's a little bit of, of everything in, in, in how we approach the, the songwriting process. We just, if we think something, we have come up with something cool, we just send it to each other. Hey, do you like this? Let's keep working on this or, or not. What do you tend to enjoy singing about then? Like, do you, Josh, when you're like doing lyrics for this project, is it different than some of your other sort of collaborations in terms of like what you like to sing about? Or is it just, you just kind of do you? That's actually, that's actually a really good question. I don't think it varies. It's just really what is going on at that moment in my life when I hear something I have to write lyrics for or uh, what's going on in my life at that moment when I want to write a song. So I, I think it's that. It, it really doesn't vary from project to project. Maybe I have sort of some ideas I think, oh yeah, okay, Adrian will like that more than maybe Time Cop and then, like for example, Time Cop, oh yeah, Time Cop might like that more. So maybe there's a bit of that, but really, yeah, it's, it's timing. That's where the luck comes in because you've got to have something to say at that point when an album's being made or or when you need to write a song. Yeah, that's interesting that when, when you say that it depends also on the on the piece of music that you want to write the lyrics for, that there are some songs that even without the lyric are already telling somehow a, a little bit of a story. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's something that we talked about for Have a Heart is that Definitely. Uh, it's the first song that we wrote where I just did the music. I didn't even attempt to try to, to make a top line. I, I wanted to have Josh do that for the song because I knew that uh, at least in my mind, my favorite songs from the album is when we have done that, is that I send Josh the music mm -hmm. and then he, he does the, the lyrics on top. And um, the theme of the song that I had in mind and the feeling that I had in mind when I was writing in is exactly what Josh then ended up writing in the lyrics without even talking about it. And and, and I kind of love that about how, oh, so this is actually evocative because it resonated with him and, and he came up with the lyrics that I would want to write myself for the song. So that was great. There's definitely like a, a, an element of that going on. And I think a lot of people in the scene could probably relate to that when they get sent something that, you know, evokes something inside you and then before you know it you're writing the, the best songs that you write are when you write them and then afterwards you look at it and you go oh that's what it's about so if you can get yourself in that sort of creative headspace in which you're not telling the song what it wants to be um, you're letting the song tell you what it's about they're normally the best songs because it means that you know, you put something down that's completely honest. Like it's almost subconscious in a way. So maybe one of these days in the future, you, I'm going to uh, I'm going to be listening and I'm going to hear a song about like ambulances in Berlin or something. <laughs> Honestly, mate, you joke about it. But today I wrote a song about Berlin, and it's called Berlin. I'm very secretive with my titles, and um, <laughs> it was actually a little bit about the the riot that, that went on, and I didn't want to write a song about that. 
but it, it just, it, you know, it just happened. Well, call it ambulance in Berlin, and uh, <laughs> I, I deserve yeah, yeah. Uh, 25% of all the royalties. And uh, <laughs> well, I say at least 50. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, man. Cool. You guys can divide up the rest amongst yourselves. <laughs> um, well, look. That's going to be a, a good deal for you, Andy, because we're going to kill it with our next album, COVID Does Not Exist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah like, exactly. Who would have known? The thing is... <laughs> If you did call your album that, you would have a built-in audience. <laughs> That's true. They'd be disappointed. Yeah, well, use that audience to be subversive. <laughs> and sort of like, you sell them that album, but then the lyrics are all like, but it really does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're the choruses. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, obviously, uh, uh, Josh, you have a lovely voice, but I, I want to uh, play a track of uh, one of the ones you did that was actually featuring uh, another singer uh, who I don't know who this person is. Camille? Yes. So you can tell me about her in a sec, but let's uh, let's listen to the track because it's, uh, it's a cool song. It's called Run Away featuring, how do you say her last name? Glamay? Like that? Yep. All right. Well, it... <laughs> Yes. All right. Let's listen. This is a uh, this is a uh, runaway featuring Camille Glamay.
All right, and that was at 1980 with the track Runaway, and that was featuring Camille Glamay. And uh, I'm here right now with Josh and Adrian from at 1980. Uh, so who who is this lady? Who is Camille? So some years ago, and this will tell how old I am, uh, some years ago we had the 20-year reunion from my school. Like, it was 20 years since we finished school. And um, we were friends from school back in the day, uh, she actually sent me a picture some weeks ago. We have together, we were maybe eight years old or something like that. So we go back a long way and we just ran into each other there. Uh, we hadn't seen each other in a long time. And she mentioned that she had become a singer in, in the meantime. And I told her, oh, I'm, I'm looking for singers for, for my new uh, musical project. And um, she sent me some demos and we loved her voice. And uh, we thought that this song would really fit her her beautiful voice. And, and I think it turned out great in, in the end. We're really happy and, and lucky that we had her on the album. Cool. So does she do, like, does she have, like, a solo thing? Uh, no, I think that the music-wise, uh, well, she has uh, participated in, in plays and theater plays where, where you have to sing in musicals and things like that. But uh, in terms of uh, publishing music, I think this is the first the first piece of music that she has published. She's an actress uh, besides a singer, so she has more work done and she's been in a couple of shows in Spain and in France. She's she's from France. So, so what is the uh, the plan... What the hell was that? Uh, it's just, again, they haven't called me yet. So, yeah, I'm still here, guys. They're trying to, like, get through the door at the moment, but don't worry. They sound pretty incompetent. <laughs> it's like they're just driving circles around your building. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get some fresh air in this place. There's no air con in Europe. It's so hot, it's a joke. Well, listen, once we can relieve our dependency on rare earth minerals and actually produce our own magnets... <laughs> At that point, we'll be able to build all the air conditioner units you need because that's all they are is just a, a big magnet. <laughs> it's just a big brick and you just get it in your house and the magnet just uh, dissipates cooling energy by sublimating the um, ratio of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm done. <laughs> no, you're, you're doing great. You're doing great. We'll, over, we'll, we'll overdub the rest. Like Up until then, it was great. We just, just need a little overdub there just to... Just to just to nail it completely. It'll be just like the female British computer voice uh, lady, you know, when you like type into your computer, just get to know <laughs> the robot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what, are you guys uh, working on stuff right now, or are you just chilling after releasing the uh, the album, or what's going down? I think we're always writing, right? Yeah, we're we're always writing, but it's it's funny. Like Adrian and I, we didn't. I think we both didn't realize how much work we put into yeah, this true. whole thing and like the, the stress beforehand um, I'm not going to try and say oh like you know it's, it's like oh so 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 stressful but you know we really cared about it and we want, wanted it to be as good as it possibly could and we did a lot of planning for it so I think we both needed also like a bit of time when it was released just to enjoy the fact that it was out there and yeah have that moment of sort of literal release and metaphorical release but I think at the moment like Adrian sent me one thing oh, they keep coming don't they <laughs> Adrian sent <laughs> Adrian sent me one thing um, I've sent Adrian one thing but it's going to be a natural thing like the first album exactly when, yeah. when, when we have some, some some things to say 
We did say we wanted to try and do one a year, didn't we? We did say that, yeah, but um, I think we earned ourselves a little bit of a summer off and then yeah. regained some strength and energy back. Yeah. But it would be it would be nice to try and do that because um, obviously a lot of the, the synthwave acts aren't able to do that probably because everyone's so busy and stuff. So we kind of said it would be really nice if we could try and give our audience that because when you write songs like I do or like Adrian does it it really is like a diary of that time yeah. and you know I don't write a diary or anything like that I'm awful at writing but it's nice to listen back to an album like the, the one we just did because it really is like a yeah a diary or a moment in time where I was talking about stuff that was going on in my life at that point and then the next one's going to be you know me Adrian talking about our lives at the next point of our life and that's something I think quite a lot of artists don't talk about like it's, it's actually really really nice for us to look at it and listen to it and go oh right yeah that's what we were feeling at that time you know? yeah yeah that's very interesting that you say that because it's not only the songs that you write but also the songs that you were listening to in that period right and yeah yeah they, good they, point. they make you remember how you were feeling oh yeah that what that's what was going on that summer or good yeah. point That's my favorite thing about when I listened to the synthwave I discovered when I first became aware of it and started making the podcast. And now it's like there is a nostalgia for the nostalgia because yeah. I can now yeah. l listen to music from 2014 and 2013. And I'm like, oh, remember that? <laughs> remember back in the day? You know what I mean? And meanwhile, that music was based on nostalgia. It's just a funny loop. Meta nostalgia, yeah. But isn't it incredible that like music can do that? That it can, it can give you those feelings when this person's just written a song. And now you're listening to it, and it's making you think like really profound moments in your life is bringing that up and I think that that's one thing I really found from, from touring with FM was speaking to people after the show and how amazing it was like sort of the connection that people have with with music and it's kind of got nothing to do with me or the person who, who writes the song it's got everything to do with them and their personal experiences and what you bring out from them which is I think, the kind of thing why people get like sort of really attached to some pieces of music it's not really to do with the music it's what it's evoked inside you i think that's that's amazing yeah yeah no music is uh i mean for me it's the most evocative thing that like when i do like i like to make videos and i like to make you know music videos and movies and short films and stuff like that is what i like to do and and it's it's music is like the most important art for me to become creative like it's like i need music as the fuel yep i say this and i always feel bad that i use the word fuel because i mean obviously like i do appreciate the art of music but it's also mm. like i need it it's, it's the same for me yeah I, i'm always going on the hunt for music and that's what keeps this the show going is because i don't Like, there's nothing cynical about what I'm doing when I make this show. It's like, I genuinely love mm. finding music, and I just happen to like music that's in and around, you know, the synthwave scene. And some, some of it's not, like, yeah. pure synthwave, necessarily. I just like, I like retro synth sounds in whatever sort of format they come in. And, yeah, it's just, it's it's so important to me. Yeah, I can completely relate. If, if I go, like, a couple of days for whatever reason without listening to music, I, I, I can feel it, like, physically feel it. That, yeah. Okay, I, I need i need my fix now yeah I, i remember like the first time like I, i listened to a song that really like sort of hit my heart it was like when you're like 14 i think it's pretty much the same story for most people and i just remember profoundly thinking like 
God, I want to do that. It's got nothing to do with anything else of the music scene, like nothing to do with wanting to be on stage or anything like that. Just the, the, the thing of wanting to be able to affect another person, hopefully in a positive way or give them a feeling. And I think that's what every human wants to do, right? In their life is to have a like a positive impact to like the, maybe the close people around them or to as many people as they can. So I think it's our way of, of trying to do that. It might be a very small way in, in comparison to what other people do, like doctors and stuff. It does feel a little bit like that. So I hope it does touch people. Yeah. And I was telling this to Josh when the album came out because you, Josh, have more experience with that. But it was for me the first time also that I was publishing any, any music at all. And to see this response uh, of the people and the messages that we were getting from people that were connecting with the music. And some of these songs have lived with me for maybe 10 or 15 years, some of them, to actually make them part of the world and then have people take them and make them theirs and, and have a connection with it. That was completely amazing to me, a completely amazing feeling. And you get these messages about people going through a rough time or whatever, yeah. telling you how the music made them feel better. And yeah, that's that impact is, is, is quite amazing. And we also had this funny message that I really liked about a guy saying, look guys, I really, really like the album, but we have to talk because I really want to text my ex and that's not oh, a good yeah. idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that And one. I told him, no, we both, don't we do both it. Jump, we both jumped on, Adrian, it was like, yeah. it was on an Instagram message, Adrian said his part, and then I said my part. And then he wrote like on, on the YouTube thing afterwards, he was like, spoke to the guys, didn't text the ex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were like, well done. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, look, how about this? Let's listen to another track and then maybe we can sort of wind this down. This is another one I dug on the album. Well, it's, a, it's a great album all the way through, all right? I want to listen to this track called Drifting Away um, because this is, a, this is a cool track. Thanks, Andy.
Wade, and that was at 1980 with Drifting Away. And I've been talking to the uh, to the lads uh, behind the project, Josh and Adrian, and uh, we've been having a good time here talking about physics and uh, sitting around Berlin, <laughs> playing with your keys or whatever the hell you're doing over there. God, I've been sitting in Berlin. What, what, what am I doing? I've been in Berlin. I was meant to be here a weekend. I've now been here nearly coming up to a week and a half. And that's because Berlin is very beautiful, right, Josh? It's not beautiful, actually, Adrian. No. <laughs> no, it has, it has a charm. It's interesting. I spent most of my time in my life in Brighton, which is the south coast of England. My God, what's that? What? Someone just turned up and just started like some sort of 90s rave outside. <laughs> right, I'm going to have to shut, shut the window. Sorry, podcast listeners. That's for okay. You didn't sign up for that much bass. They like their techno over there in Germany. Yes, they do. So anyway, as I was saying, no, it, ha- it definitely has a charm. It's a little bit like Brighton where sort of everyone is. They, don't, they sort of just don't care. So if people are making a statement, like with their clothes or what they're doing or anything it's not actually like a statement where in some places it's like because they want you to look at them here like everyone's so crazy that no one's looking at anyone so it kind of feels more honest if you know what I mean <laughs> yep. yeah it's a really really cool place and the weather in uh, Europe at the moment is beautiful that's been really nice as well yeah man well that's cool how about uh, how's the weather in Spain that's another telltale that I'm getting old every year I get more and more tired of the Spanish summer it's just too much it's too it's hot, too hot. Yeah, it's getting so. well even in Canada man it's getting like well Josh you missed it again my listeners are going to be bored as hell of this but like since Outland was the week after the FM 84 show yeah and there was a heat wave in Toronto and it was like the hottest day of the year that they had Outland on oh really it was brutal because it was hot in there they filled the, the same venue it was the same venue that you guys played so there was like over 600 people it was full and it was that kind of heat where you just don't get relief when you go outside oh, like it's like hot yeah. in the building and you think I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out and get fresh air and outside the air, fresh air and it's worse yeah the air was oh, just God, as just yeah. as warm and just as heavy so like it didn't feel like any sort of relief and what i've noticed this summer is i mean the the sun feels hotter like when i go outside i cannot stand more than like 10 minutes of direct sunlight before I actually feel like the sun's <laughs> kind of like burning my skin like yes, and it's not it's killing me yeah yeah it's like I'm not getting a sunburn it actually just feels like wow this is fucking hot and I don't know I mean I wasn't checking the UV index or whatever like it might have been you know coincidentally high on those days that I was outside but I definitely noticed, like, okay, the sun is just fucking hotter now. Like, it's just... Andy, I'm sorry to break it to you, but I think you're sublimating. Yeah. <laughs> it started. Adrian has built the world's biggest magnet, and it's a big plan. <laughs> and we're starting, we're starting with uh, Canada. Uh, when, when was it that you said it was particularly hot? It's hot all the time, man. Our weather's fucked. Yeah, well, yeah, there we go. We started it yeah. a couple of weeks ago, so that would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Adrian, there, do you, do you have any good news? I mean, have you actually, like, made some headway on a cool magnet? Um, yes, we have a, a patent, actually, from the previous project that just ended. And out of that patent, I'm uh, applying for another project right now. So are you uh, are you published in any sort of uh, reputable physics journals? Yes, I mean, more or less reputable, yes. I mean, there are the, the very big ones where Einstein used to... To publish and and it's really difficult to get your paper published there but uh, yeah i'm happy with the 
papers that are published. Yeah, They're, you can find all them online. Yeah, I don't recommend you reading them. Can I? I'm going to peer review your papers. I know it's probably <laughs> too late now, and I have no. I guess I technically can't peer review it because I'm not a magnet physicist, but uh, I can pretend to know. <laughs> yes, that's what everybody else on the internet does. Exactly. Yeah. That's what YouTube is, right? A giant peer review system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's great. <laughs> the, the best ideas yeah. rise to the top. That's what I love <laughs> is whenever people talk about like, hey, man, we just got to have like all these open debates and the best ideas will win. And it's like, I don't sure think that's working. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the yeah. worst ideas are the that ones winning. definitely doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100% that does not work. <laughs> I was trying to find um, the other day a metaphor for, you know, when like people sort of like troll the internet and they, they, they do all of these negative comments on, on YouTube. Try to find a metaphor. Is it, isn't it a little bit like me going to a restaurant? So I've actively gone to the restaurant. I've looked at the restaurant. I've gone and I've gone, yes, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to invest my time in there. I'm going to eat the whole meal. So would be listening to the whole song for example i'm then gonna go do you know what i'm gonna stand up here i'm just gonna let everyone know in the restaurant what i think because i think they probably want to know uh it's just like oh yeah by the way the main course is rubbish hate the waitress and uh yeah never eat here again but i'm, I'm off now everyone enjoy your meal <laughs> i just don't understand it ha- has any like have you two ever gone on to a music platform and listen to part of a song, but do you know what? Everyone probably wants to know that I hate this and why. <laughs> well, the thing is, I don't... Okay, first of all, I'm not a guy who leaves comments anyways, and I'm pulling back from social media. Like, I'm still just posting links, but I don't really, like, engage that much because I think it is uh, poison. But I've never quite understood that mentality just because like a it feels so much better to give people compliments right you know what i mean like it actually feels good to be nice which is exactly i mean i've been talking about this on the show for a few weeks now is like i don't think people understand what the internet is i still think people don't get it like people don't get what social media is and so all the problems that people seem to have with it, it i think comes from a fundamental misunderstanding Not where yet. it's like you know because they'll they'll say you know oh you can't say anything anymore oh you can't say your the truth or else you get fired or whatever and i'm like no you can you can, you can definitely do that and just like your metaphor this wouldn't have been public like what people forget is that your Twitter page and your Facebook page is not private. It's not a conversation you're having with a few of your buddies. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. People forget that. It's a good point. Like, I'll make fun of shit in private with my friends. Like, there's, yeah. you know, there's artists and music in the scene where I'm like, Absolutely. I'll send a message and be like, dude, you got to listen to this song. It's ridiculous, right? But I would never say it publicly. I would never put that person down. Do you, do you, do you know what? I've never, I've never heard it described like that. And yeah, makes a lot of sense, yeah. A very interesting minutiae detail detail that that changes it very much and that's the problem because people don't they just don't get it it's like no like when you when you write something on twitter or your facebook wall it's not hey i'm just shooting the shit with a few of my friends it's you just went with a megaphone to the world yeah like not even to your town not even to the you know what i mean like to the world now knows your dumb opinion and even things i'm really passionate about i never thought like well, I'm just going to like you you wouldn't go to work even if you know you have some whatever your opinion is like I I agree with same-sex marriage. You would never just get up in the middle of work, all right? right. Gather all the employees <laughs> hey, together. Just so, just so everyone knows, everyone, yeah, everyone just so everyone knows. I I think marriage is a right that we should all have. And if you don't agree with me, you can get the fuck out of my way and then just sit back down. <laughs> 
and just, just be like, like yeah, what? Just sit right down, just carry on. You know, like and you, everyone would just be looking at you like, why the fuck did he just say that? Like, I mean, like no one asked for this. Like, we're at work. Like, shut up. Yeah, that's completely true. Yeah. So that's what's weird about the internet is just that pe- people think they're having these private conversations, and then they're getting upset when it's like, oh, someone got fired because they said something racist on Twitter. I'm like, yeah, you wouldn't have. Would you have walked downtown in your city with a megaphone and said that joke so that literally yeah, like the whole that out. Exactly. you'd get fucking punched in the head <laughs> like people would just be yeah. like who the fuck's this idiot like it's amazing but then they'll still act like it's some it's some horrible thing that they're facing repercussions for literally saying a horrible thing to the world like to the earth yeah, yeah. and then there's the next level thing is that it's not only on a forum or a, let's say a Facebook group when you talk uh, I saw this with the new The Midnight album is that maybe people don't like it and they can talk it in a group or whatever and no, that's borderline okay but to go on their Facebook page or on the comment or the Twitter post that they make about the album and directly comment to them I don't like the album that's pretty rude at, at least to me I mean you wouldn't go uh, I do not like a lot of music but if I encounter the artist on the street I do not approach him and say oh by the way your album sucks that's yeah. <laughs> completely rude to do so yeah it's just a, it's just a weird thing I suppose as like as musicians we have to take also the angle of like we are posting it we are putting it out there and in doing that we have to take responsibility for people not liking it so that's that's but fair enough but there's a civil but, uh, like, there, there's a certain civility that I mean, there's so many things I don't like that I just don't feel the need to directly comment to the people. Even right, like, exactly. And then there's the people who think they're doing a good thing by directing the artist to negative feedback. So that, and I think people think they're being good when they do that. Like, oh, that's very weird. Did Did you see what this person said about you? Like. Well, I did now. <laughs> you fucking no, idiot. Yeah, I had it. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, like, the hell is that? Jesus Christ. Weird. Anyway, look, we gotta we gotta say goodbye. How about this? Let's play another song. What's uh? Why don't you guys pick one, and then we'll play another uh, at 1980 track. Maybe have a heart, Josh. What do you think? Yeah, let's let's do have a heart because that was uh, you know so the one that I think me and Adrian are, are most proud of. So let, let, let's do that one. All right, man. Well, let's uh, let's do it up. This is uh, have a heart. By at nineteen eighty. Midnight's burning through the air, and all I can see is you. Looking out on this old town, reminds me when we were young. Nothing ever stays the same. Grew up and ran away I wish that you could see me
And that was at 1980 with Have a Heart. And I've been here with the guys from 1980. And I think the last segment, I'm like, we're going to say goodbye now. And then we ended up talking for another like 15 minutes. So uh, <laughs> now we can uh, we can wind it down for real. So uh, listen, it was nice to uh, chat with you guys and uh, get to know you. I hope you guys have a lovely Spain day and a lovely Berlin day. Thank you very much, Andy. It was great talking to you. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's always a pleasure, man. And anytime you want to have us on or, or have a chat, please, uh, please do because it's yeah, it's always good fun. Yep. Do you want to uh, do you want to have like some final words? Uh, yeah, I mean, I can hit like obviously the the headline of the whole interview is COVID doesn't exist. So yep. that's great. I can clear <laughs> that up. So take take that away. I mean, as I said, fifteen thousand people. So. You know, you think they're all lying? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Are they uh, are they wearing like a uh, Halloween costume lab coats? <laughs> Honestly, luckily I didn't see any of them, so I don't know what they look like. That's my new favorite is just people in videos where they just have like lab coats that clearly look like Halloween costumes. Jesus. And then that's supposed to make it more authoritative, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Cuz you, you can't just easily buy those anywhere. Like there's just there's <laughs> just go on Amazon, lab coat costume and then just fucking make a video on YouTube about whatever you want. <laughs> so strange. Well, Adrian, you must... Do you wear a lab coat? I do have a lab coat, yeah. Does it get contaminated with, like, sublimented iron, or is that... It's not a problem. Yeah, so lab coats are more for chemists, and we have these... Um, uh, a little bit joke, a little bit 
serious feud between physicists and chemists. And um, I always make, the chemists of my lab always make fun of me when I put the lab code on because I very um, often refuse to do so. But uh, yeah, I do have one and it gets dirty with iron and with all kinds of, can you say shit? All kinds of shit. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, Andy swears way more than anyone. It's completely <laughs> yeah. fine. That's why I was I, 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 I had that revelation the last time the interview. I was like, oh wow, here we go. I should have uh, probably started the interview off letting you know you can swear. Well, it's okay. You're a professional guy, man. You're a physicist. That's a cool thing to be. <laughs> I'm just a fucking idiot with a microphone. He's a real person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, listen. Look, it was uh, it was lovely to meet you guys. Keep on being cool. And people should go check out uh, at 1980. It's on uh, the album's on New Retrowaves uh, Bandcamp. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Andy. All right, and that was my chat with at 1980. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Enjoined, I think I just said. Look, by the time next week's episode is out, Andy's Spaceship Episode 1 might have been released. So don't forget to check the Beyond Synth YouTube page for Andy's Spaceship, a very silly show. And that's all I'm going to say because I don't want to spoil anything. But it's, it's basically just a talk show. It's just me in a spaceship with a screen in the background and I talk to people. And uh, and that's pretty much it. But it's uh, it's it's the show, all right? It's there for you. And uh, I hope you guys have a lovely week. Uh, stay safe, be cool, and tune in next time. Oh, and by the way, if you listen to the trivia episodes of The Family Show, like the one we just put out last week, if you want to submit some trivia, because no one submitted any new trivia for the next one, write to beyondsynthsubmissions at gmail. Title the email trivia, and then throw in some trivia games, and we'll do it on the show. As I said, no one's sent one in, so I'll have to write them all myself if you guys don't uh, submit any games. And that is all I have to say. Have a lovely week, be cool, and I will talk to you next time on Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Thanks for If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it by going to patreon.com slash beyondsynth, or you can donate directly on beyondsynth.com. Beyond Synth can be found on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. And remember to like and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. Until next time... Until next time.